This is WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with Global Soul. Coming up next, Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler. Savannah artists, want to see more public art? Want more arts funding? Do you want your elected officials to just care more about the art community? Did you know that you can actually email your elected officials at any time and more than likely they'll respond? The city of Savannah is not that big and with very minimal effort, you can actually develop a relationship with your alderman and mayor. Their email addresses are located right on the Savannah City Government website. And if you have questions, you can express yourself at any time by just sending them a quick email. Go to www.savannahga.gov forward slash 390 forward slash contact dash your dash alderman. And you can get the email addresses of the mayor and all eight current sitting aldermen. Make your voices heard. Welcome to Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler. Each week, we interview the who's who of the Savannah visual arts community, delving deep into their theory, practice, and current projects. From River Street to Southside and everywhere in between, we've got you covered with the most in-depth coverage of the local art scene. On this week's episode, we've got Excel Kiefer and Jordan Fitch Mooney in the studio to talk all about their exhibition, Dance Macabre, at Sulphur Studios. Plus, we've got two field notes, one with Leslie Lovell of Roots Up Gallery giving us the details of a big show of new works at the downtown design district space, and we spoke with Lizzie Tabor, the current on-view artist in residence. And now, here's your host, Rob Hessler. And this is Rob Hessler. Three o'clock, time for Art on the Air on WRUU. 107.5 FM here locally or perhaps streaming wherever you are at WRU.org. Got a couple of in-studio guests here with me, as mentioned in the intro, Excel Kiefer and Jordan Fitch Mooney. Welcome, y'all. Hey. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for playing this. Yeah. (laughs) I know uh, Excel is a return guest, our very first guest on Art on the Air, Excel Kiefer. Yeah, that was good memory. That was a, that was fun. I, I tried to forget it, but yeah, you tried so, to forget it. <laughs> <laughs> you were great. You were great. I will say. Um, you you know, too. We, I mean, it was it was it was very a great show. Oh well, thank you. I I appreciate that. You were one of the few that listened to it back then. <laughs> I'm sh- pretty sure that there's probably about 500 times more people listening now than there were back then. Don't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, of course, they've got an exhibition that is opening actually tomorrow. It opens up uh, Dance Macabre September 26th through October 5th over at Sulphur Studios. 
the uh, first Friday reception is going to be happening as sort of a closing reception on October 4th. And, of course, Sulphur Studios is at 2301 Bull Street. We're going to talk all about that exhibition uh, and um, and about your work. You know, we did a, a bit of a background tour of you and how you got became an artist. So when you were on, Jordan, we talked a little bit about your background when we did a short interview with you for the 300 and Under exhibition. And I love those works. And I want to point everybody to the Art on the Air Facebook page. I've posted up a lot of images by both Excel and Jordan so you can get a sense of what kind of work that they do. I'm going to just say right now I'm a little nervous because Excel, and this is no offense to you, Jordan, because I, I, I love your work too, but <laughs> Excel's work is my – she is my favorite artist in Savannah. Oh, so yeah. I'm going to say that right now. Just get it out of the way. I agree. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. you better. Good. Well said. Well said. <laughs> um, and, of course, we're going to also uh, – we're also going to play our field note at the end of the show. I talked to Lizzie Tabor who's the artist in residence over at Sulphur Studio right now. Her project is really fascinating. Did you all see, did you stop by and see her, uh, what she's doing over there in that space? Maybe during Kench, Kench Lot, is that his name? Kench Lot, mm-hmm. his, his exhibition? The, she's in that window space there over at Sulphur Studios and she's doing stuff about sea level rise and it's so beautiful you would have no idea that it has like this really deep message and that yeah, she's been I doing all this. I love the colors she's using. Right. Those blues are so nice yeah. and um, the vibrant sort of contrasting color. She's visiting us from Florida actually and, and uh, decided to do something very Savannah specific. And I really like her project. And then I, w- I also spoke with Leslie Lovell about her new the New Works exhibition that's going that just went up over at roots up gallery and actually that is opening tonight uh like at five o'clock from five to eight or something like that tonight so if you're interested in that you can go check that out i got a little sneak preview of some of the works we we met last week and she was just getting them all in but there's a lot of great work in there including by some people that have been on the show before and she'll talk all about that when we when we get to that at the end of the show but i wanted to talk a little bit about with the two of you because i know i saw you well, I saw you excel at least at the very end of this past Friday on at the openings, and we went. I know, so I know you went and saw Kench Lotz exhibition, yes. and I had a chance to talk with him. I went there. On, I went to the the potluck, the residency potluck on Saturday, and Kench was there as well. And I got a chance to talk to him a lot about his work. I couldn't. I didn't do an interview with him because the show's down, so it would make no sense to play mm-hmm. an interview with him. Yeah. But I liked that work. It was a. I like how Sulphur has been doing some stuff where they're like, like the artists are just totally transforming the space. Yeah. Right? Like he just went crazy, did weird things. and um, Exactly. This is what is so good. Yeah. And I mean, Sulphur's perfect for that. Yeah. It's perfect. They really let you do yeah. whatever you want to do. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. There is no censor and no constraint. It's like, okay, you have the space. And when the exhibition is done, you give the space. Like, right, as long as you put it yeah. back the way it was, yes. they're pretty open to letting you experiment and, and play around in there. Yeah, and they they had another exhibition with Troy Wanzell and AJ Perez mm-hmm. there that was Brainstorm 3, and they did a similar thing where they really, it felt like, that was a great show. I, I can see you nodding here. Yeah. That was a really good, that was just, I don't know, I loved that. I loved 
the projection piece and I also love the white the white wall piece that was using all of the shadow yeah, yeah. work. And I was trying to think also too, I guess it was sometime last year, the artist Henry Dean had an exhibition there and he did they even created a little viewing room the little alcove i call that the alcove <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. but the way that they moved it so they moved the alcove so that way that they could actually have like a little miniature theater in right. there to watch his video piece that was about the eclipse and i was just like that's one of the things that, i mean you know we cover sulfur studios shows here a lot because they just do they allow for that yeah. opportunity yeah for sure yeah exactly it's like really the <laughs> The part of stimulation on the art scene, from the art scene, it's like a lot going on, different shows. I love it. Like, yeah. And I think the so. fact that they've stretched out so much into looking at other, you know, so they, they've done so, they're so involved now. I mean, you know, obviously they curate the work at the Sentient Bean, they curate uh, Starland mm-hmm. Cafe and in Vino Veritas. And I feel like they've had an influence because... You know, I look at the, like the new gallery, the Henhouse Gallery, and Kevin Clancy was actually an artist in residence at Sulphur Studios, mm-hmm. and then he yes. opened Henhouse, <laughs> and they're doing these kind of weird, like yeah. he's opening up a lot of opportunities. So I think that I like that Sulphur Studios is influencing things because I yeah, like the... it's like a snowball effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and let's make... I, I like that snowball to get very big. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I, enough about that. I, I just wanted to mention Kench's show because I really did enjoy that. I enjoyed talking with him. I'm going to be keeping an eye on Yeah, it, it was it was a very great show. Yeah, well-crafted. The colors, the paints was really nice. So, And I think he's going to be staying in Savannah. I know he recently graduated from one of the not SCAD schools. I believe it was Ooh. Georgia. He went to both, I think. Ooh. So, you know, wow, I know. Yeah. Yeah. There's wow. artists that didn't come from SCAD. It's crazy. <laughs> Insane. Well, let us um, let me do the intro for you to the official intros, the, the bios that you all Let's sent me. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can get into some of these other details here. As I mentioned, this week's in-studio guests are XL Kiefer and Jordan Fitch Mooney. XL was born and raised in France and currently lives and works in Savannah, Georgia. Her artistic process began as a child while watching her grandfather painting. This experience, with the smell of turpentine forever anchored in her genes, XL started to draw and experiment with different artistic medias. More than anything, she loved to make things. After obtaining a bachelor's degree in comparative literature from the University of Strasbourg, XL began her postgraduate work studying the poems Logo- you want to- Logogram. Logogram by Christian Dautremont. There you go. Perfectly said. Wow, just great pronunciation there. Founder of the Cobra Art Movement. Movement. What does Cobra stand for, by the way? Uh, Copenhagen, Bruxelles, and Amsterdam. Okay, very good. So it references a couple of cities. The re- this research brought her closer to the visual art world and reawakened her artistic passion. She left academia behind and embraced her career as an artist, and she moved to Savannah in 2009. Jordan was born in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and raised in the marshy Tidewater region of southeastern North Carolina. His interest in visual art was sparked at a young age during visits with family in Philadelphia. His grandfather was a chemist by trade, but also a self-taught and prolific painter. He fell in love with printmaking while attending Wake Forest University, where he earned a BA in art with a concentration in printmaking, and gained a lifelong affinity for the art form. As I mentioned, their latest exhibition, Dance Macabre, opens tomorrow, 
Thursday, September 26th, and continues through October 5th at Sulphur Studios with a reception during First Fridays in Starland on October 4th. May I say my official welcome, Excel Kiefer and Jordan Fitchmooney, to Art on the Air. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> so I, I do want to talk, you know, we're going to talk all about the show because I've gotten a chance to see some of the promo images. Again, they're on the, up on the Art on the Air Facebook page, but and the, the images look great. But I do want to kind of take a step back. Excel, we spent a lot of time sort of discussing your background, but as I said, probably about five or ten people were listening back then. So <laughs> let's get a little bit into some of this detail because you, of course, are predominantly a painter and a collage artist. And the images that you sent over, to me at least, were predominantly collage. Is there going to be painting in this show, though? There's going to be paintings, yes. But I didn't show any picture of the new paintings yet. Oh, so it's going to be a secret for all of us to see together? Yes. Very, very good. So, but let's talk about, I mean, painting, you know, we kind of got this, we've got a little bit of a basis here, falling in love with the smell of the chemicals, uh, turpentine, that your grandfather was using. But let's talk about the, let's refresh our listeners, because I know we spent a lot of time talking about your collage process before, but just to hit up on it again, how did you get into making collages? First, well, as you say, first I'm a painter, I'm an artist painter, and I was, the collage thing started when I moved in Savannah, actually, um, because I started to wander around flea market and to collect a lot of vintage stuff, like mm. mostly um, medical vintage book that I started to pile in my studio and old photos and tiny objects, and... Um, they were all sitting in my studio and after a while, I don't know, I was stuck in my painting because my painting kind of changed all the color palette since I moved in the mm-hmm, U.S. Mm-hmm. And I was... What did, when you say it changed your color palette, like in what sense? Like what, is that where you started towards this sort of darker stuff? No, it was okay. darker when I was in oh France. <laughs> How was that even possible? <laughs> it was mostly black and white, red. And when I moved in... In the south, like, I have a sun effect. Like, mm. I turn into, like, more earthy, yellow, brown tones. And now I'm not using black at all in my paintings. Really? And you mean no, in the like, new stuff, there's not much there's black? There's no black since, I, I don't know, the past eight years, I didn't use black in my paintings. Well, wait a second, though, because I remember your incredible exhibition that was over at The Butcher back in 2015, I believe. And there were definitely dark... I mean, that was not black? Yes, but that was the French painting, the French period Oh, <laughs> okay. It was the, the, the XL key for French period. Got it, got it, yeah. got it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that old then. So that was already eight years old then. So you haven't been... Yes, okay. So the newer paintings are going to be using a lot more earth tones, colors, and such. Yeah, it's lighter. Mm-hmm. Not maybe in a theme, but... Not, not thematically lighter, right? No, no but... Um, the color, yeah, the color I'm more like, before I was really black and white, like very extreme mm-hmm. um, in the tone and shade, but um, now it's, it's smoother for me. <laughs> well, very cool. So um, so I think that, that you know, we're going to talk a little, We I want to get into sort of, you know, the the themes that you use, because I think that this is, um, it's an important part of the connection that you and 
and Jordan have created in this art show. And also, of course, the title, which I think is a perfect title for a two-person show working on this kind of thing, Dance Macabre. Uh, dance, yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm not <laughs> pronouncing it correctly. Now, pronounce it correctly for us. For uh, us. Dance Macabre. There you go. There, And I'm just going to leave it like that. I might just, <laughs> in fact, when I edit this later, I might just change out every time I say it to you saying it there. Um, so, Jordan, I, let's talk about kind of your descent into the darkness. <laughs> Let's I, I took him. <laughs> I took him in an well, Okay. Now I don't know that that's entirely true. So no, let's. Let, I mean, you say that you got interested in doing printmaking back at Wake Forest, but I also know that you had a certain religious upbringing that might have influenced what you're doing. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I was raised in like a evangelical church, so there's a lot of there was a lot of stuff that I made at Wake that was still very full of that imagery there's a lot of like christian imagery and making things in threes and sevens some of that like christian mm, numerology mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm. like that and it was around that time that i started to kind of get away from my church upbringing um and that's when i started to you know reconsider some of those things in a different light so some of that comes through still here and there but it's not as much of a focus as it was then but i also i mean there's all sorts of stuff that gets mixed into <laughs> it's a strong, like, strong background. Yeah, I mean, it, it's work. definitely, you know, it's even if you don't that, yeah. name it frontally, it's right. like a strong background. It's yeah. like strongly it's behind. In you. the back of yeah. my head at all times. Yeah, and so now you, but you're doing printmaking, but I mean, also obviously you're coming from a sort of, I mean, you're not just taking collected images and reproducing them, these are mm-hmm. your own created images correct right yeah those images are are i think fit very well with excels um especially the promo images that we have for this for this exhibition so you started to transition to this now how how long have the two of you two been together six years yeah and obviously i should mention that they're a couple as well as a an artistic pair yeah (laughs) so excel you're saying that when you first met that jordan's was was nicer no (laughs) (laughs) at least his work his work was was lighter let's say Oh, hmm. Well, when I met Jordan, he was mostly doing uh, illustration and and comic work. Yeah. Mm. I didn't know that you had the comic background. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, it's something I was always interested in, but I never really delved into. Um, and then around the time that I moved from Winston to Savannah, just before I'd met a guy who had gotten his graduate degree from SCAD, who's mm. a... Um, He's a professor now of, of uh, sequential art, at, um, and he had put together like a group of people that were interested in graphic novels and comics and just experimenting with the form. And so I took a little class that he gave and just kind of experimented some with making these little mini comics and little zines and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Because with printmaking, it's very difficult to do if you don't have a access to a studio, which if you're not with a university or in a large city, you can't really do anything that requires a printing press unless you have thousands of dollars yeah, in yeah, your yeah. space <laughs> and so getting to make little comics and stuff even if they were like things i did really quickly and just photocopied and you know didn't look great um it was something that i could make and just like hand sell to people for a dollar or two and still feel like i was making something you're professional because you're selling something yeah I, I, yeah i suppose so yeah oh, and so it's totally in a punk mentality it, yeah it is punk it is mentality. kind of in that yeah for sure, realm. but I, I, I mean, I also kind of feel like the work that you're doing now. I mean, I it is there isn't that far of a jump from punk to like you can see that. I mean, I think in the work, not just what you're doing, Jordan, but I mean, I think 
the po- the both of you because you're not really making like mainstream work. Oh no, no. that's for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and so there's yeah. there's some of that like punk mentality. I think is part of that. Like you're just doing what you're doing and, and just screw everybody we... who cares what they think. Yeah, yeah, just doing what what we want to do, and you like it or not. Uh, yeah, I, think... I still need to do to yeah, be done. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, getting in us coming together with this idea of the dance macabre was the first time I'd like like I've maybe toyed around some with uh like macabre imagery some um but I've always been into kind of satirizing things mm-hmm. um either you know people in power or uh what people like long held believes and stuff like that you know it's probably I watched too many Marx Brothers movies and read Mad Magazine and stuff <laughs> and that, all that kind of like poking people in the eye kind of stuck in my head and so that that definitely filters through like seeing something I think is ridiculous and then somehow filtering that into art I think it's funny that you mentioned that because I actually do see humor in your work. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, I think it's very funny, actually. Yeah. And, I mean, I hope other people He's see that. He's a funny guy. I am not. <laughs> I think you're funny. But I will say Jordan is a pretty funny guy. So, then, But this is not the first time the two of you have collaborated on stuff. You have collaborated before. In fact, in 2017, your last exhibition at Sulphur Studios was actually voted Best Art Show of the Year. It was uh, 2015. 2015? That was back in 2015. Okay. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, Yeah. time flies. (laughs) But that, yeah, that was... That was was a pop-up show. It was decided, like, two, three months before the show. It was, like, really... Well, that talk about punk. Yeah, and I really (laughs) hadn't done any printmaking in a while. And I, you know, that was was an opportunity. I had to, like, track down somebody I knew that had a printmaking press and and let them, have them, uh, you know, let me rent it and try and knock out a few pieces and pull out some old stuff and get it framed because it had just been sitting in a box, you know, because, again, I just didn't have a place to print for a long time. So, yeah, it was, that was a lot of fun getting to do that. And Was that the first time the two of you had, like, officially worked together and, like, done a show together? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And so, I mean, obviously that's a really interesting dynamic because I think a lot of times as artists we're, like, very focused on our own thing and then you have to, like, navigate – I mean, not only being in a in a relationship together, but then like doing a show together, and you have these like egos, like, well, I want it this way or I want it that way. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, and I'm assuming you learned some things in that 2015 show. Yeah. Oh, we're still learning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there sounds like there's so much more to be said there. Um, but for those of you just joining us, you're listening to Art on the Air on WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, and streaming at WRUU.org. I am your host, Rob Hessler. My in-studio guests today are Excel Kiefer and Jordan Fitch Mooney, and their exhibition... Danse macabre. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> it opens tomorrow at Sulphur Studios, which is at 2301 Bull Street, but it goes through October 5th, which mm. is a Saturday, and it'll have an, a, a reception on the first Friday, October 4th, down there. So that'd be great. I mean, this is really the best time of year for the openings. For it's oh, so yeah. great to go out for first Friday right yeah. now, go out to the shows and everything like that. So let's let's get into talking about this show, because... I'm fascinated by the work that I've seen, but I'm also just kind of fascinated about by the two of you continuing this artistic proce- uh, process together because the last time we saw some of your work that was a collaborative effort was last year at the the lyric, the lyric show. That's what the I was trying to show. think of. Yeah. yeah, the lyric show over there and the two of you. The lyric show, for those of you who don't know, was an exhibition all about where each artist chose a band and song 
Mm-hmm. Right? It was both of those things and then came up mm-hmm. with a piece that related to it. And the two of you took it really, really far. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, you made like an out, like it was this whole like gatefold album cover thing. Yeah. So talk about that because that, in that case, the two of you each had your hands on the same piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But did did we actually make the book first before we did the record and we kind of adapted it to the show? Is uh, that first, the... first we did the collage drawing pieces and right. then we tried to find a way to put them all together because all together they were making sense. I mean, they were made to be a piece together, but we didn't know which form to give mm, to the mm-hmm, whole mm-hmm, piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we kind of make a, a short series of small books that we hand printed and yeah, like a little accordion books that I would I would take to these like little zine shows and stuff as well, which is a very labor intensive process. I don't know if we'll ever make those again because it took <laughs> so much work. But we had the original pieces and we had already <laughs> used a we had already used a um, a song title for the concept for us to bounce off of. Mm-hmm. Um, so you so, started there and you're like, here's yeah, our we, seed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We started with the song. Yeah. Which yeah. the title was I Left My Body, which was on the New They Might Be Giants album, mm. um, which I thought was a neat song. And Axel had I got me tickets. I was obsessed with the song. Yeah. Like she actually. The car was, I left my body. I left my body. <laughs> I said, oh, we have to do something about it. <laughs> well, that's cool, though. I mean, like that you have this, like you're both coming together and like you're feeling that, OK, this you both want to do this thing. It's not like it was so it's totally organic. Yeah. Yeah. It's not forced in any way. Oh. Yeah. It was a fun Axel actually she was not familiar with that band at all like she knew I was a big fan but it it was like a total unknown so we went to go see them and uh what'd you think Axel oh I like it I was very surprised yeah (laughs) Yeah. I I mean I can't even imagine what they are like live I mean they're they're kind of insane yeah Yeah, yeah. it's insane it's like different acts and it's like oh I don't know it was to go see that like yeah they're very good on stage so yeah, I mean that's that's how. And then when the lyric show came up, we we're like, this would be really interesting. We started yeah, we bouncing have, ideas back yeah, and forth. Yeah, we have all this material now. How we can make it? Yeah. Look, let's do a record, like yeah. a full record. Well, <laughs> and and full disclosure, we're you know we're friends. So I remember seeing you too when it was getting closer and closer and closer and closer to the show. And I remember the panic that was expressing to me because you were very busy with work at that time, actually, too, like your your day job. And I remember it was just like this insanity. Now, I didn't see that from you so much, but Uh, I I can hide it a little bit better. (laughs) Sometimes when I get home, that's when I'm I'm like, oh, my God, what are we what are we doing? Yeah. One of us has to stay calm. Yeah. We pass it back and forth. Oh, if okay. I'm stressed out, Axel calms me down, and if she gets stressed out, I try and. So calm you down. take turns pretending to be calm. Yes, exactly. <laughs> very, very yeah. good. It's very helpful. <laughs> so is that how um, the name of the show is? Danse my cam. Came together this time around, where the t- where the two of you were like, did you plan on oh, we're going to make a show, or were you just kind of working together and seeing? Oh, you know what? There's some connection here. How did the show? What's the origin of this show? Uh, the origin of the show was. We, we we were on vacation in France and we visited a show about the traditional imagery of danse macabre. And this is how we start to have a conversation around the theme. My work always kind of touched this theme more or less. Jordan, yeah, and it was 
there was an interesting show too because it was they had the the idea of the dance macabre really comes from that area of france germany and switzerland um and so the show started with hans holbein mm. um who had made all these like beautiful woodcut prints um having to do with the dance macabre but as you went through the show it kind of went through how the concept has stayed relevant in art and maybe um, we should explain what the concept is that's probably a good idea in uh, fact i was just about to look up the, 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 <laughs> the definition of, yeah of tell us dance, dance yes. macam so oh, i don't know if i'm gonna be good at it describe it from your perspective because i think that's what's most important here anyway is that from the perspective that you used to create the show what well, dance macam is a traditional imagery uh, from the area I come from since the middle age and is expressing like uh, to remind people like living people that we all gonna die and you hear that people we're all gonna die <laughs> just a reminder <laughs> and so you have all this middle age imagery representing like corpses dancing or corpses um taking some life away and there is a lot of religious connection and the theme is like so prolific and it mm-hmm, was used mm-hmm. through all the centuries and every artist used the theme for depending of the the fear, the politics, the social of the century that live. Like even nowadays a lot of contemporary artists work on this theme. And so it's interesting to see the evolution from the Middle Age to to now, to and, now and you know what? We're going to talk about how you use it in this particular case. We're up against our mid-show break, though. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation. You're listening to Art on the Air on WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. I'm Rob Hessler here with Excel Kiefer and Jordan Fitch Mooney, <laughs> and we are going to continue to talk about their exhibition, Dance Macabre. Dance Macabre. Pretty good, pretty good. We'll be right back. All of us here at WRUU want to thank you for three years of the best radio on the air in Savannah. We're having a party to salute you, our listeners, and those whose extraordinary time and talent got this radio station from dream to reality. Join us for our annual meeting and fun drive kickoff party on Friday, October 4th, from 5.30 to 8 p.m. at Starlin Yard, Savannah's coolest new event venue, a food truck park on DeSoto Avenue in Midtown. We'll have DJs, food, raffle drawings, and recognitions for our station builders. We hope that will be you because we are a listener-supported community radio station. Become a supporter today at WRUU.org or in person with many of your favorite hosts in attendance at our party on Friday, October 4th. There's more information at WRUU.org. This year's municipal elections will take place on Tuesday, November 5th. Candidates for mayor and aldermen will be on the ballot. The last day to register to vote is Monday, October 7th. Early voting will take place from October 14th through November 1st. To confirm your registration or polling location, call Chatham County Voter Registration at 912-790-1520, search the Secretary of State's website at MVP. 
www.sos.ga.gov or visit the voter office on Eisenhower Drive. And you're back to Art on the Air. And yes, voting is coming up. Early voting begins, I believe, the 15th, the 14th, October 14th. And, and obviously, October 7th is the last day to register to vote. So that's a really great message for us all to hear, especially us art folks. We need to make sure that we, we take our power because we, <laughs> yes. we were, um, you know, art's always easy to cut. So let's make sure that these people that we are voting in the next upcoming election are people who stand for the arts and will help us move forward and grow in the next four years. And we are in Studio OK today, of course, with Excel Kiefer and Jordan Fitch Mooney. And we're talking about Dance Macabre. Better? Dance Macabre. Yeah, you got it. OK, I got it. Very good. Which is their <laughs> exhibition that opens tomorrow over at Sulphur Studios, runs through October 5th which is a Saturday, and they're going to have a reception on first Friday in Starland over there for October, which is going to be a great time. Sulphur Studios, of course, is at 2301 Bull Street, and you can get more information at sulphurstudios.org, and there's also a Facebook event page. Let's get back into this because we were just before the break talking about how this concept is something that has uh, been pretty prevalent since the Middle Ages in France and throughout many different sort of artistic there's been many different artistic depictions and uses over you know the last several hundred years so how are the two of you taking those images for and sort of transitioning them into the present day Ooh, that's a big question oh jordan start okay. go jordan go <laughs> um mansplain it so <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, taking kind of inspiration from that show, which was two or three years ago now, I think. Yeah, Uh, We've kind of, like, percolated on it for a while. And in that show, it also used more modern imagery, like Otto Dix's uh, prints from Mm, his experiences after World War I, things like that. So in a lot of the pieces I did, there's some uh, Lino-cut pieces that I did that are kind of nodding back to the traditional dance macabre of like images of uh, skeletons skeletons dancing, dancing yeah, yeah yeah or or showing people who think that they're above above death that they're trying to keep from the end of their life that death is still going to find them and then some of the pieces are a little more just uh different depictions of death just dancing which some of it was just fun to do but also kind of removing the context from the traditional dance macabre it was playing a little bit on the, you know, there's a lot of symbolism and imagery now that has been bled of its traditional traditional well, meaning. Well, the thing is, the skeleton at the school now is totally in a popular culture. Like, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's totally, almost cutesy in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally. It's totally removed from any background and meaning. It's like, yeah, it's popular culture now. Mm-hmm. And so. so we were playing a bit on... How the figure of the skeleton is nowadays like yeah so some of the things i have are a skeleton or death dancing and the the movement of the skeleton isn't usually a reference to either a popular dance in a film or a popular dance oh and kind of playing on that idea that you know we've removed a lot of this context whereas before in the middle ages it would have been had a lot of meaning behind it if you'd seen one of those uh, dance macabre pieces well how far are you taking i mean are you talking like that these skeletons are doing 
I mean, I don't want to diminish what you're saying here, but like, I mean, you have like twerking skeletons, or I mean, no, like, how you know, far I, are you I taking tried to it? draw yeah. that, and I was like, this is not going to work. So. <laughs> so no, but the, there's no, but I mean, I'm serious. Like, how how far is it? Will it be recognizable to like a contemporary audience? Like, well, not a contemporary audience audience like me because I have no idea any about like what's popular these days. Yeah, but oh, it, well, it's a, it's very popular song because even. I, I do know. So, yeah. <laughs> like, so I, I mean, I was using was research trying to sketch out just movement and looking at different famous film dances or, you know, dance moves that I remember from when I was growing up. You'd see people do and just using that as a as a visual reference for giving the skeleton some movement. But then using that, it's just like it's just the skeleton in that mid movement. Well, I'm hoping that people will look at them now and maybe try to de- decipher what this. Yeah, and trying that? to find out what's going on with the pieces. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I so we um, I asked for questions from some of the audience, and we're going to share some of those questions later when we get into our our three big question segment to end the show today. But I I did get a question from our good friend Brian McGregor, who has a studio down on City Market, and I think it kind of is is relevant to now because you're having this show. Back in 2015, you had an exhibition that was voted the best exhibition in Savannah, right? No pressure on this yeah, new one. Pressure, yeah. pressure. But so he said, with a wider audience of macabre-themed work growing over time, how have you gone about finding slash cultivating that audience? And I want to have a broader discussion because, you know, that was like the show of the year. Yeah, I was surprised. <laughs> yeah, but I'm also sort of curious is like how does that translate into, you know, things like attendance and sales and those kind of things? I have no idea how things work. Seriously, it's I'm I'm doing what I would like to do and I know my my theme is darker, it's kind of dark. Yeah, I mean that show in particular I think was well attended, but I I actually don't think we sold anything out of that show. So it was like, it was, (laughs) it was, we really enjoyed doing it and we really enjoyed seeing people come in and the feedback and it was awesome, but you know, nothing sold, but it was still like, I still would have done the show even knowing that, that nothing was going to sell. That hurts my heart though. I mean, doesn't it like you have a show, like I said, I mean, this is like some of my favorite work I see and I look at a lot of, a lot of artists. That doesn't mean my, my opinion is better than anybody else's, but I mean, I do have the opportunity to see a lot of artists and it's voted the best show and there's not a sale Yeah, that to me, like there's something wrong there. And I don't think it's you guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is, well, it's a yeah. difficult theme. I'd... Yeah, yeah. Somebody might not want to look up and see that every day on their wall if they're, you know, it's something that's kind of too satirical or too dark or something. It's not. Well, do you think the new maybe... work from the new show is less dark because there's sort of a, it's the dance macabre? No, it's darker. Too. Is it darker? <laughs> it's darker. <laughs> you should see Excel's face, you all. I wish you could. <laughs> It, you, so this is actually darker because I kind of think of when I when I and I've seen images like this from the Middle Ages and beyond, yeah. and it's almost like I look at it. I'm like, that's fun. Yeah, the, I mean, I, oh, I really? feel like this, yeah. This well, fun. I mean, I also have a sense. Of, I mean, I like I said, you're yeah. my favorite artist. So. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, I agree. I mean, I, I look at those Hans Holbein woodcuts, and I I think they're very funny. I mean, it, and not just in kind of satirizing or criticizing the people in that era that thought they were above death, but also taking the wind out of the sails of death and, and showing it in a, a different light than like an, an amusing scenario or something. It's a universal theme. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, nobody can escape out of it. Yeah. And I, I like the... Yeah, but I, see, that's the dark side of it. That's nobody dark side. can escape from death. <laughs> when, when I, I just get, think it looks funny. 
Yeah. It's like skeletons dancing around and stuff like that. It's like humorous. It's entertaining. And like you said, it, it makes it lighthearted almost. Like, I don't know. I like the skeleton figure for... Since I paint, usually I paint with flesh and more I paint with layer, things, skeletons start to mer- emerge and it's like... Oh, yes, and they go, do. I, Yeah, they do. And it's not consciously made. It's like... I don't know. It's just coming... Coming this way on the canvas, I have all those um, skeleton and. Um, but to me, the skeleton figure is. I, I like I like the skeleton because it remove all the genre. We don't know if it's a male, or female. Mm-hmm. Um, all background, social politics. It's just a human being. Right. So it's just to question who we are as a human being, like to the core and to the inner of. That's. To remove all the all the contentious. I love that. hearing you say that because so last week's guest was Lisa Rosenmeyer, and if you look at the work that you two are doing versus Lisa Rosenmeyer, there is nothing similar <laughs> whatsoever. But she said the exact same thing about using animals is that it removes gender, race, any sort of other outside issue, so she can just get to the core issue. Oh, I didn't Only so that you're, show yet. Yeah, so you're oh. looking at it, you're looking at it from this darker imagery, skeletal imagery, because it's gotten out of that, and she's looking at it like cute animals, but both of you are like kind of describing the reasons as being so similar, yet your work is couldn't be more different. I don't know, as an artist I'm constantly questioning what is to be a human being and this is the way I express it. So I, I don't know. I think it's one of the major questions. Like, that's yeah. what art is, almost right. Yeah. Well, yeah, trying to figure who, these who answers, questions are, out. Yeah. yeah. What our purpose is? Yeah. Yeah. Well, very cool. And of course, the exhibition. Everybody is dance macabre. Good. Yeah, pretty spot yeah. on. There you go. Pretty solid. <laughs> I've been practicing as the show's been going on. It's over at Sulphur Studios. It opens tonight, runs through October 5th, and there will be a reception on October 4th during First Fridays in Starland. And that's, of course, Sulphur Studios is at 2301 Bull Street. And that's going to be a great time there with the street fair and all that other good stuff. Let's transition into our end of the show segment here. Three big questions. And now it's time for three big questions with your host, Rob Hessler. So we're going to get a little lighter here with the three <laughs> big questions. Although last week, I will admit, I, I asked some pretty dark questions to the our, our, uh, our guest, Lisa Rosenmeyer. But this time, we've taken questions, and we're going to do this every week. I'm taking questions from our listening audience. I gathered questions before we went on the air, some questions that people who know your work wanted to to uh, know the answers to. So we've got three questions. I will say um, we asked, of course, Brian McGregor's question, Tiffany O'Brien as well. I, I didn't specifically ask her question by name, but I did ask that during our interview. She wanted to know what started you down the road of darker imagery as opposed to happy and more culturally acceptable <laughs> imagery, which we talked about at great length. So let's yeah. start with this question that we got from our good friend Lisa D. Watson. For both artists, if you could work with one artist, dead or alive, for one day, who is that artist and why? Let's start with you, Jordan. Oh, one artist? Yeah, just one. Oh, gosh. I can uh, go ahead and let you think. Okay. okay, yeah, Excel's got it. She's ready. Yeah. 
Oh, I, already, I should know this. What she's I, yeah. say. I know who she's going to uh, say. Yeah. I have a dead and a, a one. I have. Oh, you have one of each? I have one of oh, each. Okay. So the dead person would be Francis Bacon. Okay, yes. Yeah. Mm. I have a lot to know. I still didn't figure out how he does some kind of smoothing line on, and then in his paintings. And for the artist that is alive would be David Lynch. David Lynch? Yeah, I would be in the studio with him. Like, oh. <gasps> That would be so great. Wow. I almost cussed. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. I mean, I, that was very close. Um, so, I, yeah, I was going to say that'd be pretty a pretty effed up day. But, uh, yeah, David Lynch, that's a great answer. And I think it's totally appropriate. Jordan, and, and why? And why would you choose those people? Well, you said Francis Bacon, but why would you choose David Lynch? I don't know. I feel, I feel his work is, I don't know. I like his word. I feel close to him. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, since, since I'm... If you're listening, David Lynch, Lynch. Excel would love to spend a day (laughs) working with you. What about you, Jordan? Wow, there's so many people. You know, I'm just going to have to pick one. I'll I'll go with Hieronymus Bosch. Oh, I mean, that's such a great choice. Yeah. I just would really like to see what went into, in his mind, into making those images and just his process, too, and everything. I mean. Have you ever seen those, like, major works in person? Yeah. No, no, so you no, in no, Spain? No, it's ma- no, not his major work, but we saw lately one of his paintings in Philadelphia. Oh, that was in the um, the Barnes collection. Yes, yeah, it was like a real small one. So they're in they're in Madrid, I believe. They're yeah. I forget which yeah. guy is it. It's maybe the Prado or something like that. Yes, but oh my Prado. god, they're even so much better in real life. Yeah. If you ever get a chance, it's we, like trans. I just one of these days transformational. Yeah, you can always look at these paintings and always find something new to look at. I mean, it's insane. Endless, endless, and yeah. the technical skill is just. It's just, oh. oh yeah, and for the time, of course, too. It's so crazy what he did during that for that time period. Good choice, Jordan. Yeah, that's a great choice. <laughs> that's one of my favorites well, it's, too. It's one that that I had an English teacher in high school that showed us a Hieronymus Bosch image, and I'd never seen it before, and it completely it like blew my mind. Well, you think, oh, this so is surrealism, changing. right? And you think it's like modern, yeah, you know. Yeah. But it's, it's life changing. Oh yeah. All right, so the next question is from my lovely wife, Gretchen Hilmers. For two folks who love the grotesque and horror movies, I'd really love to find out what their biggest phobias are. Hmm. And yes, she will use them against you. (laughs) Oh, really? Well, my biggest phobia is not really fun. I don't know. I have a phobia to lose my teeth. I I don't know. I I have nightmare. I lose my teeth constantly, so it's not... It's maybe my worst fear. Well, you know, that sounds like crazy, but I have this, like, phobia of accidentally electrocuting myself to death while making toast. <laughs> and I'm serious. I'm not – that's not a joke. Yeah. I, I, like – I'm oh, afraid. I, I unplug the toaster before I pull toast out of the toaster because wow. I'm afraid I'm going to electrocute mm-hmm. myself to death. Better be prudent. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What about you, Jordan? Uh, hmm. Biggest phobia. I feel like in recent years I've developed some claustrophobia, which surprised me because I didn't used to have an issue with tiny spaces. But I went into a cave a few years ago and I was like, this is way too small. I can't take being in here. (laughs) I'm not a big fan of tight spaces either, I will tell you. It kind of freaks me out. You ever watch the movie The Descent or its sequel? Oh, my God, that terrifies me. (laughs) Any of those scenes where they're like crawling and the space is as big as their body. I, I don't like it. Well, we're running low on time, so we've got to get to this last question really quick. And I think this okay. is such a great question. Okay. Tamara Garvey asks, what's one creative project you've always mulled over attempting 
but for some reason haven't tried yet? That's such a good answer. That's such yeah. a good question. I uh, love that question. For me, it would be installation work. Yeah? Oh, yes. I would like to do multimedia installation work. But multimedia, I'm not necessarily thinking video or... But I would like to do large-scale work and adapt it to a specific space. I don't have time right now. One day. But one day. We're still young. <laughs> We're all still young. What about you, Jordan? There's a couple things I've mulled over, but yeah, there was an installation idea that I had that would just, it, again, like time and things like that. Money. And, yeah, money, money is another is big thing. That's a hard part, it, yeah. Um, mm. And uh, I've, you know, again, because I've kind of dabbled a little bit in comic and zine form uh trying to do a longer piece like that like an actual book but that's again something that takes so long to do i'd have to put everything else off so the table the, we need to win like the the mega millions or yeah, something yeah. and then we'll yes. just like all quit and we'll just make art all the time That'd yeah be the greatest thing ever well excel Kiefer, jordan fitch mooney it's been such a pleasure to have you back on art on the air today i'm going to give all the details right now your latest exhibition dance macabre Mm -hmm. opens tomorrow thursday september 26th and continues through october 5th at sulfur studios with a reception on october 4th during first fridays in starland thank you both for being on art on the air today thank you thank Thank you you for for having having us we don't have any time for a community calendar today we need to get to the end of the show just want to really quickly mention that next wednesday october 2nd we'll be joined by daniel smith and a special top secret guest host tantalized uh-huh. And on October 9th, we're going to have Sam Williams, photographer and gallery director of Cedar House Gallery. Sam is one of my favorite people. I think she's just doing some great things over there. Can't wait to have her in the studio. And uh, we're going to end the show here with a couple of field notes. Leslie Lovell of Roots Up Gallery. She's going to be talking about their new works exhibition, which opens tonight at Roots Up, starting at 5 o'clock tonight. So you can just kind of go over there, listen to the show, and then head on over there basically right now. So that's going to be really great. Got a chance to look at some of those pieces. And then a field note with Lizzie Tabor, the current OnView artist in residence over at Sulphur Studios. We'll catch you next week. Thank you all for listening. Talk to you next week. Rob Hessler here with Art on the Air Field Notes. I'm with Lizzie Tabor at the Sulphur Studios OnView Residency Space. We're going to be talking a little bit about her project. So why don't you tell us what it is? Hi, thank you so much. So I am a visual artist from South Florida. I grew up in Fort Lauderdale, and I have a pretty strong connection with the ocean. So recently I've been thinking a lot about sea level rise. And I am not a scientist by any means, but I've actually reached out to a lot of the local scientists here, and I've been learning a lot about sea level rise and how it impacts Georgia specifically. What I'm really interested in right now is thinking about ways to visualize some data that has to do with sea level rise. So NOAA actually has all of their data online, and they have been monitoring sea level rise actually in Fort Pulaski. There's a tidal gauge there, and it's been there since 1935. Every six minutes since 1935, it actually records sea level rise. So I actually have all of that information. It's public record. Anyone can look it up actually on their website. And I've actually been making these abstract paintings with data point entries to actually visualize and show exactly how much sea level has risen since 1935. Let's talk about how you're depicting these because you've kind of just described your project and there's a lot of technical details there but if somebody comes and looks at your residency space they just see these 
these many panels of sort of these beautiful shades of blue and these kind of nice color mixtures. Thanks so much. Yeah, I'm definitely driven a lot by aesthetics and I think that a lot of times I can draw people in with my bright colors and the beauty of my work. As of right now, I don't have it up, but my plan is to have a key. So a lot of times I'll make very abstract work and I'm really interested in like scientific maps and all different types of data where there's a key. So I think a lot of times to actually understand scientific data as not a scientist is really hard. So I kind of like to see myself as maybe like a middleman or like try to understand the science, put it into a form and then make a key. So people are drawn in looking at it and then they have some little takeaway to kind of take with them and kind of like really understand it on like a deeper, more emotional level rather than sometimes science can be just like, I guess a little bit more factual and less emotional. So right now, I think with the residency, I've just been using like the social media to kind of talk about it and like just maybe looking through the window, you wouldn't actually understand that. But if somebody took the time to either come ask me or like look on social media, they'd maybe understand a little bit more where the work is going. Well, and sure. And I will say just as an outside observer, and we just met, but, you know, looking through the windows, it's just beautiful. Like you want to know what's going on because the work is beautiful. It's got these nice blues and it's kind of drawing you in and everything. So you're kind of just about in the middle of the residency. We're obviously talking here at the community potluck, which is a part of the OnView residency every month. And you're moving towards sort of a first Friday where you're going to have your kind of final display of everything that you've been working on. Are you moving in a particular direction? Is there something that you want to sort of show as like, here's the final project and this is what you should expect when you get to first Friday? My goal for this residency, I've been thinking a lot about, since you guys can't be here with us and see, I'm working on 10 very like slender panels and each one represents a decade. And my goal for the end is to just have all 10 panels completed with my key and just really be able to have some visual data for people to really connect with. I'm actually from Florida and I was kind of wavering back and forth on whether I wanted to take the data points from like Florida, where I'm from, but actually being in Georgia and actually going to Tybee Island, I've never been there before. I actually went with a group of scientists and to see all, all the erosion that's happening and how much climate change really affects Tybee Island actually kind of really affected me on an emotional level. I feel like really, I really wanted to be able to show exactly the more of like a site specific location to Georgia and Savannah residents so they can really see how much climate change is really affecting the place that they live and love. Lizzie Tabor, Gradients, Rising Tides, your project will be finalized for first Friday in October. Thank you so much for being on Art on the Air Field Notes today. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Rob Hessler, Art on the Air Field Notes. I'm with Leslie Lovell over at Roots Up Gallery, and she's got an exhibition opening tonight. It's called New Works, and it's a little bit self-explanatory, but tell us a little bit more about what you got going on. It is New Works. We actually have a few new artists to the gallery, so they're going to have their new, brand new works in the gallery, and then our artists have done some new works. We have 17 artists bringing in new works for the gallery. Very cool. And so what can people expect? I mean, are you going to get all these artists? Are they all going to cram in here, all these quirky characters? There are going to be a lot of artists that are coming in that night, which is going to make it even more fun. So they're on hand to talk about their work. And then, uh, you know, sadly, not all of them can make it, but we'll have all that going on, too. And it's starting to trickle in. I'm dying to put it out, but I'm going to wait till next week. 
I mean, you're not going to give even uh, friendly radio show host Rob Hessler uh, a little sneak preview, maybe? <laughs> okay, so what do we got here? Actually, we've got Shelly Smith that just brought in some new pieces that are really big barrels, and she has the birds that she welds welds around into mm-hmm. the, to those and she has a lot of other plates and dishes and pieces that she's bringing in pieces other than this and i have some new jewelry that i brought in today that i'll be putting out for next week but these are a really chunky fun necklaces that have a lot of color and uh carl mullen is a folk artist who's actually in pennsylvania contemporary folk artist mm-hmm. and he's sending a lot of new pieces that are on paper they're really interesting in their own, own right. He uses walnut ink and uh, drawings and different types of paper, and uh, some of them are repurposed papers, but they're interesting and different. And uh, there's some new pottery coming in from Rebecca Sipper, and Lisa Ocampo's bringing in some new work. Oh, nice. Lisa Watson's bringing in some new pieces. Matt Tool has some new pieces coming in. We're going to keep the large pieces that he has here, but he's bringing in some others. Well, I have to ask you, where's this stuff going to go? I know. I know. (laughs) So Monday morning we have a tea, believe it or not, for this company that wants to have a tea here. And then as soon as that is over, which will be by like noon, Russell and I are going to start ripping the gallery apart and putting it back together with all the new works. Well, very cool. So what I'm looking at right now is going to be it's going to be totally transformed. So it's getting to be fall and sort of the art season starts mm-hmm. kicking off again. I think, you know, the summer is we're all traveling and a lot of different things are going on. So would you kind of think of this as sort of the big fall launch for your gallery space? Actually, it is because it is changing it out so much. So, yeah, it's a big kickoff for that. Give me all the details of the event, so that way our listening audience knows when to show up. Well, it is today, Wednesday, the 25th, and it goes from 5 to 8 for the opening. So you'll have an opportunity to meet a lot of the artists and see the pieces first time. Very cool. Well, Leslie Lovell, Roots Up Gallery, thank you so much for spending a few minutes with Art on the Air Field Notes. Thank you. I appreciate it. That does it for this week's episode of Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler, here on WRUULP Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. You can catch Art on the Air live every Wednesday from 3 to 4 p.m. You can also catch the last 10 episodes of our show on the WRUU archives. That's at www.wruu.org forward slash shows forward slash art dash on dash the dash air. Again, you can listen to the last 10 episodes there, including this one. Thank you all for listening. We'll catch up with you next week where we'll have another great artist on the air.